Hello, you're listening to another episode of Uncomfortable, comfortable conversations around uncomfortable topics. Hello, and thank you so much for tuning in to the Uncomfortable podcast. I'm your host, Debbie Roach, and today is the second in our two-part series of period and menstrual cycle episodes. For this particular episode, I had the honour of interviewing Madeline Shaw, the co-founder of one of my favourite local Vancouver companies, Luna Pads. Luna pads create reusable alternatives to disposable pads and tampons featuring modern washable cloth pads, magical leak-free period undies and menstrual cups. Now Madeline is not only one part of the driving force behind this powerful ethical brand, she is also the founder and creative director of G-Day for Girls, a global social movement where girls and their champions can come together to welcome, witness and receive girls as they enter the next phase of their life journey. In this episode, we talk about reusable menstrual products, Madeline shares her menarche story, we debunk period myths, discuss the shame around menstrual cycles and where that shame stems from, we talk period poverty, and so much more. It is packed full of really meaningful, amazing information. I hope that you enjoy our conversation as much as I did, but as always, there is some adult language, so when listening, it's best to pop on those headphones. Enjoy. Madeline, thank you so much for joining me on the Uncomfortable Podcast. I really appreciate your time. Oh, it's my total pleasure to be here. Thanks, Debbie. Awesome. Well, let's get into it. You are the co-founder yes. of Luna Pads. So tell us a little bit about the inspiration behind that amazing company. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you uh, for saying that and just for clarifying for listeners who may not have heard of Luna Pads. So it's a company, it's actually a best for the world um, B Corp based in Vancouver, East Vancouver. Um, we specialize in natural products for better periods, which is to say a collection of reusable menstrual products, including period underwear, cloth pads, and menstrual cups. So that in a nutshell is Lunapads, and you can head over to lunapads.com if that makes you feel curious. And so, yeah, I started becoming curious myself in the early 90s about reusable products for menstruation because I was having... Um, allergic reactions to traditional disposables. So as a bit of background, um, I had only used tampons pretty much from my first, my earliest periods because I never wanted to use menstrual pads. They seemed kind of bulky and I didn't really have heavy periods anyway. So they seemed super wasteful. Like mm-hmm. I'm just walking around all day in this thing that I don't really need. Um, so I started using tampons, but they started giving me um, infections. And I, and I still remember like the feeling of taking out a tampon on day four of your period and just how drying and speaking of uncomfortable, yes. there's an uncomfortable conversation for you. What it yes. feels to take out a tampon after, you know, five days of your period. <laughs> um, no, thanks. And uh, anyways, I, I started coming down with bladder infections pretty persistently, mm. like within about 24 hours after the onset of my period. And so when I noticed this pattern, 
kind of developing, um, I started to question the ingredients that were in um, the tampons that I was using. I was yeah. like, what, why, why is this? And, and um, learned that in fact, uh, for the first time it caught my attention that the ingredients aren't actually listed on the boxes mm. of the products, right? And to this day, that isn't legally required, which wow. is pretty shocking. Yes. Yeah, because if you think about it, pretty much any other personal care product, it needs to have a label that tells you what's inside it, but menstrual products are exempt from that for proprietary reasons. Um, which to me is just, it's like, in case you are unconvinced that we are living is still in a patriarchal society, I give you that yeah. as something for you to think about. Um, Anyway, so I kind of woke up to that and I was, you know, 25 years old. So, you know, my body was all about menstruating mm -hmm. and uh, I'm 51 now and things are kind of slowing down a bit. But so that was sort of thing. Number one was this like, Ugh, these products are actually literally I'm having an adverse physical reaction mm -hmm. to them. And thing number two is I stopped taking hormonal birth control. Mm -hmm. So that was the other reason my periods were so light is because from age 15 to age 25, I've been on the pill right. um, one way or the other. And so what that brought me was, was this incredible feeling of like actually experiencing, like having my cycle. Cause as we know, when we take hormonal birth control, we're not actually truly having a cycle that's being suppressed. Yeah. And, um, so having a cycle and I was like, it's kind of this hormonal and physical roller coaster ride that I hadn't experienced, mm -hmm. um, basically since menarche. And so it, it, there was this real revolution going on inside me and really waking up to the fact that my period and my menstrual cycle, not just my periods, we tend to kind of just talk about periods and not talk about yeah. the entire like cycle. Like the, the few days where there's blood. Yeah, yeah. is yeah. just one part of this incredibly miraculously complex, beautiful thing that happens inside uh, folks who menstruate every month. And um, so I was, I was really interested in that. And then when I started actually developing the products for to solve, at this point, I was just solving for my own needs. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I was a fashion designer and that was where I sort of saw my future. And, uh, so making menstrual pads was kind of a sideline and a curiosity for me. But when I, I switched from using tampons to using the reusable pads, um, I just kind of fell in love with having my period. Like it was just yeah. like, oh my God, these are like little yoni pillows. And, and this is an act of self-love and self-care. And there is an entire universe of information and, beauty and mystery going on inside my body that yeah. is connecting me to this like ugh, universe of things going on out in the world and how wonderful and precious and miraculous is that and so when I kind of had that epiphany um that's what tipped me into commercializing the mm. products so I was like okay I want if if it's possible for others to have this experience then I want them to have this experience and commercializing the product seemed like the best way to do that. Yeah, I mean, that's a phenomenal story. Um, firstly, love that you went from fashion into, you know, menstrual health products. Mm -hmm. Great transition, I love it. <laughs> um, secondly, you just said something that just oh, made my heart just want to sing. And it's interesting because I had this conversation with another woman, woman that I interviewed who is... Uh, um, more kind of traditional Eastern practitioner, but works with women in their menstrual cycles. And she had talked about it being this beautiful cycle, not just the, what, three to five days that there's blood, and that we don't pay attention to the whole cycle and we go on the pill. 
and we she calls it period bypassing mm-hmm. where it's you're suppressing yep. these natural things that are happening in your body and yeah. therefore you're not learning yeah. about your body yeah. and that really spoke to me and actually made me want to get back into kundalini yoga a place where i find that personally i connect with myself and my yeah. cycle really well so when you also mentioned the yoni pillows i love it <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful i do want to say um for the record, I love the Diva Cup. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of the Diva Cup. Um, that's a product I've used for many years. And I think turning to, uh, you know, reusable products actually made me come more in sync with my period as well. And I didn't realize the adverse effects of the single-use products. Yeah. So thank you for bringing that up. Um, mm-hmm. It's quite ridiculous that there's still no ingredients or you know what they're made of on there but I had never considered that someone could have an allergic reaction to those things it's incredibly common like mm. rashes um with disposable pads mm-hmm. are it, extremely common like believe me I mean I've been in now in this field yeah. for you know 25 years yeah. and um oh there's there's all kinds of stuff that's related to it and endometriosis sufferers and PCOS mm. and yeah. uh and even though like I'm not saying that disposable menstrual products cause those um Mm -hmm. those syndromes or those conditions um but they don't help them either Mm -hmm. and uh yeah so and there's there's a heap of infections and um and just the depletion like tampons in particular and i'm glad you brought up menstrual cups because Mm -hmm. the thing with tampons is that they deplete natural menstrual moisture right Mm -hmm. and or not menstrual sorry vaginal moisture Mm -hmm. And they disrupt natural vaginal pH. So those things are there. Like the vagina is incredible, you know, self-cleaning system, yeah. as we all know. It's amazing. And But when you deplete the moisture that's in there, um, you actually are become extremely vulnerable to yeast infections and mm-hmm. bladder infections and, um, and that type of thing, um, purely for that argument alone, just yeah. for that one reason, because you, it's meant to be a moist environment and it's pH balanced and it's, you know, there's a certain level, everybody's different, you know, of acidity yeah. or whatever, but, um, the point is, uh, don't use tampons. <laughs> yeah. Do you know, I remember when I first got my period, I wouldn't use tampons for years because the, the big thing at that point was toxic, toxic shock syndrome. Right. And that terrified me. Like, absolutely terrified me. So one question, and this isn't in the questions that I sent to you, but it's just come to mind, is the Diva Cup is silicone, right? Mm-hmm. So, and I didn't do any research into this. So I'm curious if, if you did or not. Um, why is it that tampons could potentially cause those, you know, especially toxic shock syndrome and other syndromes or disorders, uh, but the Diva Cup doesn't? Yeah, um, I love that question. And so it goes back to what I was just saying a second ago, which is absorbency. Mm-hmm. So the Diva Cup doesn't absorb anything from mm-hmm. you. It's merely catching your menstrual flow. Yeah. So it's not disrupting anything. Um, whereas a, a tampon is extremely disruptive. Mm-hmm. And it's also tampons contain, um, there's fibers that can be left in, in the vagina. There's all kinds of, they're treated with surfactants, which are absorbency enhancing chemicals. Um, they've been bleached. Uh, there are waxes, there's perfumes. There's, mm-hmm. there's basically a ton of garbage inside tampons that disrupts, um, that balance that we need for health. And so TSS occurs, as a result of disruption of that balance. And um, yeah, so basically you're, 
uh, you are really putting yourself at risk mm -hmm. for a lot of different things to go wrong when you disrupt the vagina's natural kind of goings on and workings. Yeah. And so, yeah, the Diva Cup is a much safer alternative. Like using an internal menstrual product has a lot of practical value. Mm -hmm. And I definitely, I think it's a great choice um, for, I mean, I think whatever choice works for whoever is menstruating mm -hmm. and allows them to deal with their life and their day and their period and all the rest of it is the right choice. But um, yeah, strongly discourage anybody who's thinking about, you know, is using mainstream tampons, switch to organic if you really feel the need. Mm -hmm. But if you can wrap your mind around a menstrual cup uh, to take it that step further, then your body will thank you. Yeah, and I'm actually noticing a lot of the tampon manufacturers are now advertising cups. Oh yeah, they're they're putting, yeah. No, yeah. this whole, like there's been an absolute revolution mm -hmm. in uh, reusable menstrual products in about the last five years, I would say. Yeah, yeah. which is awesome. I'm, it is. And you guys are a leader in that, so thank you. Sure. <laughs> thank you. My pleasure. Now, curious, this is a bit more of a personal question, but do you remember your first period? And if so, what were your kind of thoughts and feelings and reactions around that yeah um thank you for asking um so it's, it's funny that question doesn't come up very often um and I do a lot of interviews and a lot of mm -hmm. different things but um so I'll add as a bit of background to the story that I wanted I was so excited about starting my period like I couldn't wait like to me in my mind it symbolized becoming a woman and and in my mind becoming a woman was like becoming an astronaut like it was the coolest thing you could possibly be in the whole world and I was going to get to be one of them yeah. and I just was like oh my god so I was fascinated I was like I was like Margaret in are you there god it's me Margaret yeah. um <laughs> which is a novel for anybody if I'm dating myself uh, I believe it was published in 1973 Judy Bloom, classic um young adult uh literature anyways so I, I was, I couldn't wait to start my period and I couldn't wait to wear a bra and have boobs. And honestly, I'm still waiting for that part of things. But <laughs> anyways, um, my period arrived after about three or four days of agonizing cramps, mm. uh, to the point where I thought I had appendicitis and we were on a holiday. We were in the Okanagan staying at a, so I wasn't at home. I was away from home. And, you know, it was blistering July summer in the Okanagan and had this terrible pain. And my, I remember my mom just rubbing my back and just staying in bed with me, but she didn't take me to the hospital. Like, I think she knew what was happening. And finally my period arrived and, um, and I, I guess I was kind of shocked because I really thought there was something wrong with me medically. And for it to be my period, it never really kind of occurred to me. And then, but sure, I mean, I was 13 years old and yeah. uh, whatever. Sure enough, there was anyways, word spread in the household. And I had, I have a younger brother, 18 months younger than I am. And he, a friend of his was there staying with us. And the two of them proceeded to mock me. It's devastating. <sighs> yeah. Not what you want no, when you're a 13-year-old girl. it was so, and I actually... I remember hitting my brother across the mm. face. Wow. <laughs> and so anyways, it was a not a good experience. And uh, yeah, and even now I feel a bit emotional. I'm just mm -hmm. like, oh, screw you guys. Like this is like this kind of behavior is still alive and well. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so it was a crappy experience. But I wonder in hindsight if that's why like I've become such a champion of mm -hmm. the issue. And just so into it because it's like I see like my inner 13 year old my inner Margaret knew that this was a big deal and that it was worth celebrating and whatever but and I wanted there to be a celebration like 
I don't know if you know, I run an event series for girls called G-Day. Oh. Yeah, I do that too. So Amazing. it's not, it's relevant because it's not a menarche celebration, mm. but it does honor the transition between childhood and adolescence mm. in girls. And we run events across Canada. So that's at gday.world for anybody who's curious about that. Um, but to really mark that, that really key transitional point in life where, yeah. you know, it that should be celebrated and should be supported and, and marked in a community context. So that is, I think that's, it goes all the way back there for me um, at that time. Yeah. yeah. And I feel that that unfortunately is kind of a common reality for many young girls. I mean, I, my brothers were too young to know what was going on for me, but at school, you know, at high school, mm-hmm. we were always mocked if the boys found out it was your period. Or if you were slightly emotional, they would make a comment. Oh, is it your period? Yeah, yeah you're on the rag. Right. That's what my brother and his friend, she's on yeah. the rag, she's on the rag. But if I may, and you said you're open to digressions, mm-hmm. I'd actually like to share a super positive story. Yes, please. So um, two and a half years ago, my daughter started her period and it was the best thing ever. Oh my God. Like we were away. It's funny. The similarities are kind of interesting. We were away. She didn't have the pain, but um, we were in quite a remote area mm-hmm. and, but coincidentally had some friends coming to see us. And so she started her period. She told me, um, you know, got her set up um, and, you know, a little bit of emotion and whatever. And having said that she didn't want to do anything to celebrate um, menarche when she was in Vancouver, she asked me, she's like, well, when my aunties come up, you know, can we do something? Are you guys thinking of doing something? And anyways, so the aunties came, you know, with flowers and, um, and, a, and a ritual one of them had prepared. And oh, wow. so we, my daughter and I went to the beach and found a special spot to have the ritual in advance. And, and these two um, godmothers of hers came to this place and we had the most beautiful ritual for her on the beach. And I was like, oh, my God, this is this is like I felt so healed by that. Yeah. Like, it, you know, just that she could have the thing that I would have loved to have had and mm-hmm. made me want. So I tell the story because if anybody feels moved by that, like there are some amazing, um, there's a wonderful website out there called Seeking Ceremony okay. um, that my friend Megan Sheldon created that basically empowers people and gives them tips to create rites of passage and ritual and cer- celebration ceremony in their own lives to mark the things that are important for yeah. them and their families. So I highly recommend taking the time and, um, yeah, creating that. So that was, it's funny all those years later mm-hmm. that I actually had this incredible experience, even though it wasn't my own, but it was yeah. even better because it was for my kids. So. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. I think that's an amazing idea. And, you know, not something I had. I don't think my parents really would have thought about it too oh. far, but, uh, mm-hmm. but it is such a pivotal moment of a young girl's life. Yeah that why not celebrate it like that's amazing and make them feel more positive around it in terms of education did you feel that you had enough education growing up when it came to your period and what to expect yeah I did yeah yeah and I I would say I mean my mom was she made sure I had good books and um yeah it was really books and also I was super curious Mm -hmm. so I just wanted to know and but what was missing for me was a sense of of reverence and of magic and mystery mm-hmm. and this idea of being initiated um, was really important to me and being seen. Um, yeah, so that's where G Day came from. Like mm-hmm. that's the genesis of that idea. And uh, we've run 
12 events in three Canadian cities since 2014 now. And Fantastic. it's really cool. So yeah, I think there's, there's opportunity. It's like, there's the science, mm-hmm. but then there's the stories and the connection and, um, sharing experiences with others and telling stories and, and just kind of normalizing, um, like exactly what you're doing, right. Normalizing conversation yeah. around things that are hard for some people just and bringing it to a very human personal level of like this is what happened for me and I'm I'm sharing this with you and having the ability to kind of witness that mm-hmm. is it's a healing act right to tell yeah. the story but also to hear it yeah. and I think you know that because that's basically why you do what you do yes. right, with this podcast exactly I love talking about periods and have no issue talking about any kind of bodily functions or fluids that a lot of people would yeah. just tell me to like dear god I don't want to hear that right and personally I felt I didn't really receive enough education when it came to my period I vaguely mm-hmm. remember having a teacher pull all the women aside or girls aside I guess um, and this was at elementary school or last year of elementary school to get like a little video mm-hmm. and a you know a little package that had some uh, pads in it I don't think I didn't know about tampons for a long yeah. time after that um, and I actually always felt the boys should have received a little I bit agree. of that education too. Yeah, I totally and agree. It bothers me that they didn't. They mm-hmm. probably got to go play football or something or soccer Yeah. while we had to do that. Because that happened a lot in my school. You know, the girls got knitting and the boys got to go play games. Right. Um, so I still have a bit of a peeve around that, but, uh, yeah, so I just, this is again, yeah, the reason I do this is because I want to find those connections that I, I kind of wish I had felt at a yeah. younger age, but Hey, I'm still young. Totally. And I will say on that point though, it's, it's, I agree that, um, boys and non-menstruators need to be educated mm-hmm. about menstruation periods and stuff, but there, there, it really is important for there to be gender specific space, mm-hmm. um, for, girls and other people yeah. who you know youth who menstruate um to have that conversation amongst themselves like it, there is a sense of safety in that and as long as there's a universal understanding and education that that everybody needs to know what's going mm-hmm. on and have respect for it and that um but the idea of of separating it may seem archaic to say oh all the girls well you know got pulled in to talk about periods and boys got to play soccer or yeah. whatever and and yes in that in that separation there's some problems it is problematic but there, mm-hmm. it's also essential that there be and it does support a sense of safety for mm-hmm. um yeah girls to have that um gender coded space for them yeah yeah, yeah that's true yeah, yeah even just a some somewhat similar education or just uh yeah totally let's go on to period myths because i'm sure you're in you're in the world where you probably get a lot of questions around periods and from interviews and probably just the general public contacting uh, everyone at Luna Pads um what's kind of the the top or strangest myths that you've ever heard or even ones that you believed when you were young yeah, so I, let me just clarify. I haven't worked customer service for Luna Pads for many, 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 <laughs> many, many, many years. So um, I don't, uh, yeah, so I don't have that kind of frontline experience, but I did for a really mm-hmm. long time. I would say the thing that still bugs me and is the most pervasive is this idea of embarrassing moments mm-hmm. and leaks being the most tragic thing that can happen to you. And yeah. like, uh, y- you know, I I guess there is... Um, I just, I just wish that was different more than anything. Mm-hmm. Like I wish 
that um, being caught out, if you will, of having your period in whatever, whether that's the wrestling of a disposable pad or, you know, a visible leak um, or, you know, some other form of, of there just being a public, like somebody knows that you've got your period. Mm -hmm. um, I wish it could be sort of like somebody needing to blow their nose. I wish it could be just as simple as somebody sneezing and somebody saying, bless you, do you need a Kleenex? You know, and, and that, that's my wish for menstruation. Um, because it just there, it even seems in teen magazines, even now it's like, oh, what's your most embarrassing moment? Oh my God. Um, and, if, and invariably it's somebody knowing that you're menstruating. Mm. And I, I, I do get their safety. It can out a, a non-binary, a trans person um, and compromise their safety. And I get, mm. but I want to change that. It's like yeah. that whole thing needs to change. The idea that we die of shame. Um, or that's one of the most shameful things that can possibly happen to you, um, is, is the thing, the myth, I guess I would call it, that I most want to challenge and liberate um, people from because it's just so harmful and stupid. Yeah. And so that's one. Uh, the other one is that we touched on earlier is that basically your period is your menstrual cycle. It's not. It's like people talking about saying, you know, vagina when they mean vulva. It's like, hey, this is one part of a much bigger thing here. And, and it's actually kind of harmful to conflate the two um, or to reduce your menstrual cycle to being just about having your period. Mm -hmm. So that's another one. And um, finally, that one of the most damaging myths that is persistent out there is that only cisgendered girls and women menstruate. So, you know, thinking that, and a lot of people use girls and women as shorthand for anybody who menstruates and everybody who mm -hmm. menstruates. And the fact is that that's wildly inaccurate. There are plenty of trans and non-binary individuals who are out there with periods who are rendered invisible when mm -hmm. that's how we speak about menstruators. Um, and also there are a lot of cisgendered girls and women who, for whatever reasons, don't menstruate. Yes. And so like, stop with that too. So I think broadening our definition and being very vocal in terms of the language that we use about menstrual products and calling them menstrual products or period products instead of feminine hygiene mm, products. Right. Yes. Um, sanitary products is also very damaging, although it doesn't really evoke the, uh, the gender piece of that. Yeah. Um, and being really conscious when we are speaking about folks who menstruate is talking about them as folks who menstruate or yeah. youth who menstruate or people who menstruate or menstruators or people with periods or whatever that is a gender-inclusive perspective um, mm -hmm. is a really, really important thing to do to combat that myth and to promote menstrual equity for mm -hmm. all folks who need yeah. it and yeah. deserve it. Yeah, and I, I did actually see, I think, a couple of ads that may have just been on Facebook or um, probably Facebook, because that's where most of my ads show up these days, um, where you guys were kind of talking about that. You know, you've got the ads, the ad campaign, like it's not just women who menstruate. And I thought that was amazing. I mean, it was something I honestly hadn't considered or thought to kind of be more considerate of. So I love that you're also doing that educational piece. I think that's wonderful um, for everybody because we all need to be educated. Yeah, well, thanks. And and I would add to that too, that we, it's not, it is, yes, there's the the education and all of that and mm -hmm. advocacy and activism, um, but our products, like we actually have gender inclusive mm -hmm. products, like um, one of our period underwear products is a boxer brief and mm -hmm. it's beautiful. I did see that. Yeah. It was very comfortable. Very so comfortable, very popular. Um, and it's funny because even though it was designed for um, 
non-feminine, let's say, identifying folks um, to wear. It was our most successful product launch ever, which tells you (laughs) that, you know, the whole trans non-binary thing, instead of being something fringy, was actually a futuristic. So actually those folks, those customers who asked us for those products were the ones who were actually leading the way for everybody else. So I'd say those are my top three picks. Yeah. No, I think they're pretty (laughs) awesome. And you said the shame word, And that that comes up in pretty much every episode of Uncomfortable. Um, And I just always wonder, and I I wonder if you have any insight on this, is where does that shame, when it comes from periods, where does that shame come from? Why do we feel it? You know, we have our periods, but we don't want to tell anyone. We, you know, try and sneak our uh, products into our purse and scurry off to the washroom, you know, to insert the tampon. But we just don't want to admit why what's so you know why is there this thing that it's so bad yeah yeah I I love that question and um so what I think about that is that um menstrual blood periods Mm -hmm. are a symbol of female power Mm. and there is nothing more terrifying and transgressive to patriarchy patriarchal culture than female power Mm. And it's that simple. And it's it's related to female sexuality. It's related um, to basically keeping female-identified people in a position of sub- subjugation within patriarchy. Uh, it's not any more complicated than that. And it's, it's literally a red flag. Mm-hmm. Like, to say, hey... Um, I am, I possess latent power that if unchecked and unmanaged and uncontrolled could literally dismantle patriarchy and take over the world. And that scares the shit out of everyone. Yeah. Now, it actually kind of brings me uh, to the next question. I want to talk a little bit about period poverty. This has been in the media a lot. um, And I kind of wanted to ask you, and I will still ask this, but I'm going to kind of add something to this. Um, you guys at Luna Pads are doing a lot to fight period poverty, so I'd love you to tell us more about that. But I'm curious to know, do you think period poverty would exist if men had menstrual cycles too? Yeah. Okay, so... Uh, yeah. Um, oh, which one am I going to answer first? Um, <laughs> so period poverty would definitely not exist if um, men had menstrual cycles. Although I would say with the caveat that probably men of color might have mm-hmm. or, you know, an otherwise marginalized men, mm-hmm. um, indigenous men and so on, um, men with disabilities, low-income men, mm-hmm. um, would have trouble accessing or may have trouble accessing um, products to meet their needs. But certainly um, white affluent men, um, there there would be, it would be a badge of pride. It's like, so Gloria um, Steinem's classic essay, mm-hmm. If Men Could Menstruate, Um, basically talks about how there would be celebrity, like all the, you know, um, big sports dudes would have their own (laughs) brands of menstrual products and and there'd be like the more you have your your period was that it would be a badge of honor and it'd be very masculine to bleed more (laughs) and the whole thing. And there'd be all kinds of paid holidays and and it would be like if if a man was on his period, like he just had carte blanche to, you know, get out of anything or take (laughs) over anything or do anything because of course he was in his special time. And so, yeah, that's my answer to that. And in terms of period poverty in general, um, so Lunapads, we've been active on the issue since around 2000, I would mm-hmm. say. And even before that, I was giving um, Lunapads to the Downtown Eastside Women's Center, like in, this is in the mid-90s, mm-hmm. like when I was starting out. 
Um, but we got active, really active in the global south starting around 2000 and to date have been part of oh, dozen, like I can't even count how many um, different projects ranging from things where we, you know, donate products um, to global south populations in the global south who are marginalized um, and need access to uh, sustainable products. Um, to mentoring the startup of for-profit businesses mm-hmm. um, like Afropads mm-hmm. um, in Uganda. Um, so many projects. Like I literally, the the projects that we have done, we've uh, calculated, we've impacted over 300,000 people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and even beyond that, like if you look at Afropads as just one example. So Afropads is a for-profit company based in Uganda, um, and we mentored their startup in 2008, and their products were based originally on Lunapads. And anyways, uh, their products have reached over a million um, girls and in the global south, and mostly sub-Saharan and southeastern Africa. And so, yeah, and then closer to home, um, working with YWCA, working with United Way, we've been part of the Period Promise campaign since its inception, uh, formerly known as Tampon Tuesday. Um, and now there are so many great initiatives out there, Period Purse and um, and others. Like we basically, I can't even keep track of yeah. all the things we do to tell you the truth. <laughs> thank um, God you have a team. <laughs> yeah, thank goodness we have a team. And so these days though, um, as you are probably aware, um, there was a ministerial order in the spring of this year that... Um, menstrual products be available for free in schools in British Columbia, which is like, yay, awesome. And so Luna Pets has been invited to become part of that conversation and be part of a task force um, that I've joined to kind of broaden that. So it's to include reusables, of course, um, but also to provide more of a wraparound solution so that we're not just fixing the, you know, one kid who starts their period in math class and needs a tampon or a pad and gets mm-hmm. it and we solve that problem for the next three hours yeah like okay what happens after that yeah and so and and education period shame um you know all the rest of it what happens when when this these youths are out of school so on so um it's part of a a much broader conversation that now there is the appetite um on a far wider basis to have a conversation about and so um, we're definitely involved in those conversations with the government and with um, organizations like the United Way and it's it's just broadening every day honestly there's more opportunity and uh, so I'm really proud to be part of that yeah that's amazing because it's it sounds like you're not just putting the band-aid on by supplying the products you're actually helping in the education that's you know going to hopefully prevent you having to put band-aid on eventually right exactly yeah yeah yeah. it needs to be and and far more holistic I would say Mm -hmm. and um then and but I will tell you uh, what's exciting is that there are people the folks the leaders who are involved in this are thinking that way Mm -hmm. so I think it's it is understood that this is a band-aid short-term solution Mm -hmm. kind of like a disposable pad or tampon is that um, a meaningful one in the moment for sure, but um, but there's a ton more work to be done, and this is just the the kind of inflection point where we're able to really make um, really really substantial change. Yeah, so I'm proud of that. That's awesome. It makes my heart happy. That's for sure. <laughs> Thank you for doing that. Sure. Um, now, 
because you do specialize in cloth, menstrual pads, period underwear, silicone cups, I'm curious to know what concerns you hear from your potential customers. Because I won't lie in the beginning, I thought, I don't, oh, the thought of using like a reusable pad, oh, I don't know if I like that. But of course, I educated myself and I came around to it. But I still have friends who aren't quite there yet. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious to know what other concerns you get from your customers and how you guys kind of educate them. Totally. So yeah, actually to go back to your question about mythology, like the this idea that Manzi's like actually touching menstrual blood is mm -hmm. which is is implied by using something reusable. Like you will come into contact mm -hmm. with your Manzi's, you will smell it, you will touch it, you will see it in a way that you do not with disposable. So that's something that really kind of touches a nerve for a lot of people because the social conditioning that we've had, of course, around menstruation is that you don't, it's a terrible thing to touch. Like, oh my God, you have to use something disposable. Like it's like handling, uh, like it's like biohazard kind of yeah. idea. Um, anyway, so, so there's that that needs to be kind of overcome. But um, on a more practical level, people worry that they won't work. Um, there's this perception, especially around pads and period underwear, that they won't be able to handle heavy menstrual flow, which I'm here to tell you is not true, but is nevertheless a perception that um, somehow disposable products are more effective. Um, they're not. Uh, so Luna pads perform a pads, just for the record, of three times as absorbent as a comparably sized maxi pad out there um, and can hold three tampons worth of blood at a time in our period underwear. It's the same thing. And so, so none of that is true and we need to shout it from the rooftops yeah. that it's not true, but that is the, and then that's, a, it's a concern you ask. So that's something that comes mm -hmm. up. And the other one is concern about washing and kind of, can I wash these with my regular clothing? Um, what will family members think? What will my partner mm -hmm. think? Um, will this frighten my children? Um, you know, just that kind of integration into someone's lifestyle. And admittedly, like we're super busy people. Like, I mean, we're all you know, press for time and the idea of doing more labor um, to take care of the products as opposed to just checking it away and you're yeah. done um, is something that's a concern for some people. But I, I guess to that, I would say, A, that washing your Luna pads isn't much harder to wash than a pair of socks. Yeah. And you can wash them with your underwear, your regular household linens, your sheets, your towels, whatever, no problem. Um, just don't do them in your ball gown load would be my yeah. only... <laughs> kind of um stipulation there uh, so actually that's yeah they're easy to care for and I would also argue that it's a pain to have to perpetually be going to the drugstore month after month after month and buying these things again and again mm -hmm. and again and I would argue finally that it's kind of a hassle for the earth to have to um you know sit there so every single pad or tampon disposable that has ever been made in the history of humanity is still in a landfill yeah. right now they take about 500 years to biodegrade so just sit with that for a moment and ask yourself if you aren't willing to maybe make a little bit more of an effort in the same way that washing your reusable water bottle or coffee mug or whatever instead of the throwaway one and chucking in the landfill, like, come on, people, like, who's not going to the climate strike on Friday? Right. Who's not yeah. getting the picture? If you don't get the picture now, you never will. And this is a small way to make a change that actually will ultimately benefit your health, the environment, and make you feel better about your body. Yeah, definitely. I, yeah, second all of that. And that was one of the major reasons, um, the environmental factor, that I thought, no, I need to switch. I need, like, okay, I maybe don't like the thought of it, 
but you get used to it. It's no big deal anymore. You know, I'm very comfortable with my diva cup. I talk to my partner about it now and he's becoming more comfortable with it. And I, I see those images on social media a lot of, you know, turtles that have swallowed a tampon or, or any other plastics, you know, not just a single use menstrual product. But yeah, that devastated me. And I think that was one of the biggest reasons I switched. And I'm going to the Climate Strike on Friday. I'm very excited. I'll see and you I, there. I know I, I saw that Luna Pads was closing their office to yeah. go there. So that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, any other benefits that you see to using the cloth pads and the, the Diva Cup? Other than, I mean, environmental is a big, huge, huge, I feel like just for that alone, people should switch. But anything else that you see, kind of your products bringing people together or any positive outcomes? Yeah, tons. Um, So, yeah, let's, you know, just to tick off the list of the practical things, mm-hmm. like you save tons of money mm. and they're much more comfortable. Yeah. Uh, they're better for your health. So those are the biggies along with the environment for sure. Um, but for me, it goes back to like, it's an act of self-care and self-love. Mm-hmm. And it it also, it just normalizes the, the conversation about periods. Like I think that if you have like Luna pads and they've got cool patterns on them and they're beautiful, or you're using this cool, crazy thing called a diva cup, or you've got your awesome um, period underwear, like it, it really, there's a gentleness to those products that is not extractive, that is not... Um, I think they teach us to feel more connected to our cycles. Mm -hmm. And when we feel more connected um, and accepting, then that opens us up to becoming more educated and aware. And when we're more educated and aware, uh, we're healthier. Um, We find perhaps it's easier to understand when when we say want to conceive or something that we have a better understanding of our cycles. And, you know, when am I ovulating and when am I in my luteal phase? And, you know, what is that whole experience? Because you're more engaged. Right. And so to me, that quality of education and information is is not only powerful. um, it's there's something really beautiful about it like I just sort of imagine like just kind of holding my uterus gently and saying you're awesome like just you just do your thing like and um just letting your body do what your body needs to do is something that we we really don't do very often we spend our time trying to change ourselves or trying to fix ourselves up or trying to Mm -hmm. you know cram ourselves into you know bras and belts and shoes that hurt and and I think just letting your body bleed on its own terms is a really really powerful profound thing whether that's using reusable products whether that's free bleeding which Mm -hmm. some really really cool radical people are doing um i just heard about this thanks to your social media yeah actually and someone had posted something about free bleeding and asking if people did this and people were like yeah i love it it changed my life and i didn't even know it was a thing yeah well it's it's kind (laughs) of actually it's when going right back to the beginning of our conversation when we talked about this profound taboo of anybody Mm -hmm. knowing that you're menstruating oh my god like free bleeding is basically the opposite of yeah. that of just saying you know screw it okay yeah. I, I'm just going to do a bunch of laundry and <laughs> I'm going to go run a marathon or I'm going to go and whatever and and just be in this space of, of just like bleeding in an unrestricted unrestricted way yeah and it's quite radical and quite I just I love it it just makes me feel like lighter yeah. when I hear about something like that yeah. and so yeah yeah, whole new thing. I'll find that post and I'll try and put the link uh, in the show notes to that particular post yeah, that you had on your do. Facebook because it really changed my world. I was like, wow, could I do this? How could I do this? Like, it just seems 
like such something that would be such a relief almost like don't get me wrong I love my diva cut but just to let things go and not have to think about putting it in or taking it out or you know or maybe forgetting it <laughs> you know it's almost just like whew, freedom I yeah, think totally it's huge freedom yeah. so yeah. that's that's awesome yeah. well any last thoughts um on luna pads menstrual cycles periods bleeding wise words yeah um well for starters share this podcast um i this is great I, i've really enjoyed our conversation and i think talking to other people about your experience and you know share your menarche story like you invited me to do in the beginning like because yeah. it kind of does go back to that and um and we're not invited to do that and that's it's they're always interesting and um you know they can be painful they can be sad they can be scary but um i think that's a, that's a really big one and of course i would be remiss not encouraging people to switch to reusable products whatever brand whatever like whatever works for you people yeah. um there's a lot of great ones out there obviously luna pads are made here in vancouver um our period underwear cloth pads made right here in vancouver diva cups canadian product um and but anything reusable that you think you could handle you know even just trying for you know just when you're at home or at night or just give it a try yeah. uh because it really could change your life and um and and do things uh chart your cycle if you don't already mm -hmm. like there's some great apps out there like just really pay attention to your period and yeah and your cycle and get to know it and get to understand it whether you're trying to conceive or trying to avoid conception or whatever like yeah. just pay attention it doesn't doesn't necessarily like it's super relevant for those times but it's like if you're just somebody who's menstruating and having periods and having cycles like pay attention to them i would also encourage people to pay attention to the lunar cycle and pay attention to when yes. the tides in and out and pay attention to the seasons and like just because really it's like i think of my cycle as like on a seasonal sort mm -hmm. of context that um, you know, when I'm bleeding, it's winter. And then when I stop, it's spring. And when I'm ovulating, it's summer. And, you know, it's, it's kind of cool to notice our energy and our natural yeah. rhythms. And, you know, that can give you really great insight just into your overall well-being and when it's good times to do certain things and maybe not so much for others. And um, just hug a menstruator today. And thank you very much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Now make sure you head over to the Lunapads website, lunapads.ca, to find out more about Madeline and the impactful work that the Lunapads team does. I'd also highly recommend that you check out their blog as there's lots of insightful and educational posts around the menstrual cycle. And of course, you should follow them on social media. They are on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest at Lunapads. And of course, all the links will be in the show notes. As always, I'd love to know what you thought of our conversation. You can head over to the comments section on our website, uncomfortable.blog, or any of our social media channels. We are on Facebook and Instagram at uncomfortable.blog and Twitter at uncomfy underscore podcast. Now, you can support our little podcast by signing up to be a patron and pledging a small $5 per month so that we can keep on running. Visit uncomfortable.blog forward slash donate for more information. Thanks again for listening. Now go out there and start talking about your menstrual cycle.